this one was really amazing this this experience and for that I said okay I love it <laughs> maybe one day I hope to be able to do it it's a job that never ends you don't know where to start and you don't know where it ends you are always running you need passion big passion the delorean for me was a surprise when we went to the theater and we see the movie back to the future we absolutely didn't know the lorean was part of the movie somebody said why did you use the lorean why not use a beautiful car and we laughed and we still laughing today the chub interviews with jody kid brought to you by chub insurance expert insurers of your most valued possessions established since 1882 Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Chub Interviews. I'm Jody Kid. In this series we talk to fellow classic car lovers exploring the personal stories of the people who inhabit this wonderful world. As things open up and summer really kicks off, I hope you're enjoying the opportunity to get out and about and perhaps even drive a classic car if you're lucky enough to have one. Thank you so much for all your fantastic feedback about the series. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to all of the Chub interviews, why not check out all of our episodes? Right, so my guest today is from a car design dynasty. His father Giorgetto was named car designer of the 20th century, and so following in the family footsteps, he has also become one of the world's great designers. In 2003 he founded the Giugiaro Architettura of which he is president and creative director. The company is involved in national and international projects in all aspects of architectural design. I'm joined today by the brilliant Fabrizio Giugiaro. So it's time to say hello to our special guest Fabrizio Giugiaro. I hope I got that right. Does that sound right? Giugiaro. I've been working on my Italian. Fabrizio, have I nailed it? No, perfectly. You are ah, saying bravo, Italian words since a couple of days very well. <laughs> oh, now listen. You're my first guest I've had on since the big loss <laughs> in the euros and it has to be an italian man uh i absolutely adore you i adore your family the heritage your history oh my goodness but there is pain i'm feeling pain right now fabrizio <laughs> my family is a family of artists and casually we my father first and me after arrived in the car business but my family is a family of arts not football then no thanks god not uh, we are not very i was a goal i'm a goalkeeper <laughs> honestly i'm a goalkeeper but are you uh, yes thanks god okay uh, so were you watching the game uh in england because uh, anyway oh. my wife she's english and then <laughs> the fight was double i bet uh, and then i was there i was at a good wood i was in my house in near london so i watch uh, yes. with friends and my wife Uh, with oh, pleasure. It was. I mean, yeah, with pleasure. I mean, everybody played beautifully, <laughs> yes. but the pain. I feel oh, it. I feel it. Um, but anyway, congratulations! It's a good win. <laughs> right. So always, I kick off the podcast by asking my guest how they first got into cars. But for you, I, you know, I suppose your son of one of the most influential designers of the 20th century. I suppose he didn't have much of a choice. The point is is not because my father is because my father used to come home nearly every day with different cars and he is not a car fan 
it even opened the hood to see what kind of engine. And me, as a kid, this uh, crazy car parked in the garden from Japanese car that nobody knew at the time. And uh, I don't know, Lotus or DeLorean or simple Fiat Panda. Anyway, I was surrounded by this car. I couldn't even imagine every day a different car. Was there a certain point that you looked at one specific car and went, wow, that is amazing? Happened that uh, in 1972, I was already seven. <laughs> 19, not 18. 1972, my father at the office uh, at his uh, atelier was uh, under construction, the show car called Alfa Romeo Caimano. And I was the first uh, guy, or this kid, that could sit inside of it. And this show car has a particularity. The windshield, the roof, the side was one let me say, cupola, one bubble completely transparent and was really an incredible effect to me because before that I was anyway in other show car, but let me say more normal. This one was really amazing, this, this experience. And for that to say, okay, I love it. <laughs> Maybe one day I hope to be able to do it. And did your dad bring back, you know, when he was designing, did you ever get to watch him go through that kind of whole process of putting the pen to the paper and... He was very clever, let me say, to show me the method design a car, the method that starts from a simple elementary way, which is the projection. You take a point in the space and you have the three views. These are ABC to do everything, not only cars, orthogonal projection. No? So he teach me the method. He said, the method I can teach you, the taste I cannot teach you. Yeah. The taste <laughs> is the taste. Then for that, he said, uh, the best is to have culture. So go to high school of arts and then uh, university of architecture. No other school, because at the time there was only, only, let me say only, Pasadena or Royal College of Art, but not really working and teaching the method that my father had and has still today that design and style cars in a realistic way. So I still today not really good in making beautiful picture in perspective like painting, but I'm very good hopefully to make a realistic, real side front of you in order to have immediately the model to be produced easily and feasible and feasible. That is a really different between us and all the other styling centers. Would you say his method was totally unique? Yes. The method we are using today is still not used by other styling centers, especially the OEM styling center where they have, like Volkswagen, 1,000 designers making picture and picture every day. This method allowed my father to be successful, not only in the way of doing good cars, but in the way of the business, because that method is very fast and at the end cheap. Yes, exactly. How many cars did he design in the end? Hey, he started at the end of the 50s, uh, so counting from his first Alfa Romeo. On the road, there are more than 400 models on the road since 60. 
if we count how many <laughs> metal are on the earth, because my father, at the end, after 30 years, me too, we are talking about maybe 100 million. I don't know. I don't want to know. I oh, my God. Know. So this is for me and for my father, sometimes it's not really. We are not so proud to invade the world with the metal. Mm-hmm. I have to say a funny story about the DeLorean. The DeLorean for me was a surprise when we went to the theater and we could uh, see the the movie Back to the Future. We absolutely didn't know that the DeLorean was part of the movie. Absolutely, we were very distracted. We didn't see the trailer or, or something. So we were there looking at the movie and suddenly somebody said, why did you use the DeLorean? Why not use a beautiful car? <laughs> and we laugh, and we're still laughing today. <laughs> so this is about my experience with the DeLorean. I was uh, at the presentation in New York with Mr. DeLorean and his beautiful wife. I remember very well the success of this car, and then some development on this car that unfortunately was stopped because they had an economical problem. So there was a beautiful four-seat, but with just two gullwing my father, he said that the car absolutely was not technical good. Was he said typical car for American uh, drive because uh, you go just straight. Mm-hmm. But the fact that uh, the car is uh, made by steel and not uh, painted, you know why? The explanation is very simple: to paint a car and to organize a paint shop is one of the most expensive things in the production of a car. So DeLorean had the idea to make the car in steel brush to eliminate the cost of the of the painting. I remember the first model was silver painted and then was transformed into this incredible way and became unique and iconic also for that. Wow. The Volkswagen Golf for my father is still a surprise because it was made at the end of the 60s, 69. It was... Selected by Volkswagen to realize in competition this uh, model. The first model was bigger than what we know. And Volkswagen had to reduce the dimension because they had no money enough to do it. And my father said, you are going to have a problem because I'm doing another car. And he couldn't say that was the Alfa Sud. I said, another car I'm doing is bigger and much better. I said, sorry, in Volkswagen, we don't have money. We have to do with the money that we have. So the car that we know anyway, has been successful for many other reasons, maybe for the styling, for sure, very unique at the time. And of course, because it was made in an impeccable way. Mm-hmm. My father had, as a present from Mr. Pieck in person, a special one, four doors GTI that at the time was not existing, it was just three doors, so five doors GTI, and was made at the time only three pieces, one for Mr. Pieck. One for my father and one from from the uh, director von Karajan. Only three exist. Uh, the, the one of my father is still existing. It is in the museum with us. Amazing. For a free non-committal insurance quote, go to chubb.com forward slash the interviews for more information. Can I just get one thing straight? Out of all of these cars that your dad designed, beautiful, some of the most beautiful cars ever, is his everyday drive a Seat Ibiza? Is this true? <laughs> <laughs> he was driving a Seat Ibiza because, as you know, my father designed the first Golf, okay? 
And he was driving a Porsche 911 in 70, but then the oil crisis, et cetera, et cetera. In Italy, the situation in the 70 was really hard. All guys like him using the Porsche 911 started to use the Golf GTI. He received as a present from Piek in person a special GTI, and he found that the small car at the time, especially the GTI, was absolutely faster than a Porsche and faster than anybody. After that, he collect a serious compact car very fast, like a Fiat Uno, the first Fiat Uno Turbo, the Fiat Abarth. Then one of the most exciting, incredibly, to drive was his uh, Ibiza, because it was already two liters and very fast. The Cupra version, of course, the first Cupra version at all. So we had both. We had a black one, I had a crazy green, light green, and we fight going up and down from the Torino City. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, it. now, after uh, an incredible opportunity, is now driving. You know what? A wonderful one ten Land Rover Defender, brand new. The old school or the new one? No, no, no. The new one because it's so a kind of uh, prototype shown in an event with uh, the designer McGovern that we know very well. And joking, he said, "Okay, it's so beautiful. I'm going to buy." He was not, uh, McGovern was not uh, sure, and we bought it. Uh, it cost a fortune, but anyway, he's driving this. I'm driving the smaller one because I'm the poor. So he's driving the 110, I'm driving the, 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 the 90. Yeah, two beautiful cars, the most beautiful car in this moment, yes. I love that. I love that you guys, you know, as car designers and many architects, should we say, are supporting other designers. I think that's lovely. That's a really nice thing to do. So you've grown up with this, you know, design legend as a father, and you've clearly inherited so much of his talent. What was your journey to where you are now? Uh, the journey was simple. Uh, I started officially with him, collaborated in 1986 with a crazy show car called Makimoto. Okay, Makimoto means car and motorbike. So he had, he had an idea just to allow young guy to drive safe on a motorbike position, but on a car. So if you could see this picture of the Makimoto, you see that are two motorbike assembler, let me say together, but base was a Golf GTI. So you're driving seated like on a motorbike in six plus one, six uh, friends and plus one that was said, that was called the seat of the grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> so six uh, seats like a motorbike, one in the middle like, uh, like a normal seat. So on that was 86, or officially 85 during summer. And uh, he had this idea. And together we start to put down this, uh, this, this creature. Then 88 with the Aztec. But in 1990, I was 25. And he said to me, now is your time. Go ahead. You can make your own car. And this was shown at the end in March 1991, and it is the BMW Nazca. It is true that they didn't learn this from him, but from his team, from all the best Italian design designer and, and technician. He was too busy. For that, he said to me, okay, I don't have time. You go ahead, just do it. Not because he didn't want, but because he was sure that I could make it. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that the picture I'm looking at now? Yes. That car was revolutionary, not only in the styling, but because it was the first really GT car with carbon fiber chassis real, with uh, many things that derivated from the best BMW real advance at the time, like the W, the 12-cylinder from 850, 6-liter, 5-liter BMW, 
was the first with ABS, was the first the anti-skid, was the first, was the first, the first, the first, <laughs> the first of many things. It was my first car, honestly. It looks incredible. And this enormous windscreen, it looks beautiful. And this come, this come from my, uh, let me say, imprinting, I don't know if you say in English like this, that I had when I was seven in this uh, show car called Caimano. I had the same idea to have a big dome, a cupola, you are surrounded by the glass, you are technically like driving a spider, but protected. Amazing. And to all our listeners, I'm sure you're getting very frustrated that we're talking about something that we can see, but we will put it on our social media so you'll be able to see it. It is beautiful. I recently bought it back and I show it to an event in Sardinia last week called Poltuquato and I drove this car after 30 years, spinning around like 30 years ago, spinning around. How many did they produce? We did. This was a concept car, no? Uh, anyway, so you just yes, the one. Just one. Then we have done a derivative more sporty called C2, more sporty. And a collector, a Japanese collector, wanted to have a replica of the Nazca. So exist one more replica in Japan, exactly like my first Nazca. That's it. Incredible. So I know this could be a very hard question, but what makes a great car design? Working, working, and working, and working. Uh, there's no, nothing that uh, comes from a nightmare or a dream to do the best uh, shape or whatever. It is a very tough method. All designers, all my colleagues are really keen to work daily like crazy. It's, it's a job that never ends. You don't know where to start and you don't know where to end this job daily. You are always running. You need passion, big passion, and need to be sure in the proportion of the car, need, need to be really in the business uh, without any pause. You are always, uh, always that. And then you have good result. That's it. Yeah. And I suppose also that's very important is that moment that you realize that you have to stop because you could keep changing, keep changing, keep adapting. You know, that ability to go, got it, done. Don't touch it anymore. It doesn't exist at the moment where it's done. In fact, the worst moment is when we have to introduce the car to the client to a motor show. For us, it's the worst moment because we see only the defect. And my father, especially, is is starting saying, "Okay, it's not very good. The windshield is not very good." He's starting describing the defect, and I learned to don't do it. But also, me is a big stress, so we would like to continue to make it better. And can you tell me a little bit about some of the work that you're most proud of? Our three, because of course, the NASCAR was my first, and still today looks like also my father admit timeless. I don't know. Of course, at the time I had uh, no other things uh, to do, and I was concentrated just in this uh, work for nearly one year. It was like my graduation, <laughs> and uh, that is for sure important to me. Then the Lamborghini Gallardo, because anyway, after many years, I could uh, uh, win. Let me say the challenge because it was uh, asked to do this car to Bertone, to Zagato, another studio. I don't remember any tal design. So we had to be selected after several uh, difficult uh, tests. And at the end, uh, the Gallardo was completed, designed by me and not by my father, and interior too. The only thing was changed by Lamborghini was the bumper, because at the time they wanted to have a kind of family feeling, only in the front, family feeling with the Murcielago, if I'm not wrong, at that time. So only the bumper is different. 
Wow. It's a beautiful design, beautiful car. Where do you get your inspiration from? Does it just pop into your head or does it come from art or travels or? Yes, it is true that I've been lucky with my father to travel since I was younger to Japan. And Japan teach me a lot about the taste, about the synthesis of the things, about many things that I could use and I can use still today in my job. There's no a specific inspiration. I'm not looking at the curves <laughs> or whatever. It's uh, really a method uh, that uh, at the end uh, allowed uh, us to create a new shape. My father is saying very easily, uh, it's like a, an athlete that jumped two meters. He's not jumping one day. He's jumping one meter and a half, one meter and 60, one meter and eight, and one day arrive one at two meters. So because we are every day involved on that, at the end he said, we are stupid if we are not doing well our job because we are doing every day. And it is true that living in Italy, we are surrounded by historical beauty and, uh, of course, helped a lot our Italian, let me say, generation of good designer. We are not the only one. Yes, you're definitely surrounded. And kind of talking about that, is there a car that you wish you had designed? Is there one that you think, what's, what's the most beautiful car in your eyes? We, in this point, my father and I agree about the DS19, the Citroën DS19 for a designer, not for a stylist, for a designer, a masterpiece, because it's not only the shape, it is the, the, the general innovation that this car means, and it is anyway beautiful. It's a sculpture running the, with all the innovation that we all know, suspension, revolutionary, no fender. And if you put a car of that time together next to that, immediately we understand. And interior, ergonomy, a glass without frame. There, there are thousands and thousands of innovations made by an Italian Convertoni. Yeah, it is very, very beautiful. Um, we've spoken a lot about cars, but deep down you're an industrial designer and an architect. So can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing uh, in, those, in those avenues? This happened because uh, Ital Design, the Stalin Center of Cars, was anyway not always uh, full of work. So in the 70s, uh, from Japan, started to have some requests from Nikon Camera. From uh, Sui Massin, Italy, Sui Massin, incredible, and uh, other things like this. So the designer had some time because we are working anyway, not full completely. And we accept, my father at that time, accept to try to use the method, again, the method of car business into uh, different objects like, of course, uh, camera, etc., etc. Architecture arrived after in 2003. Again, with this different method, we are a studio really different from the other, one of the most important in Italy right now, Tim Scott. And in this moment, I have three divisions and three different teams. The architect involved in many things. And personally, I was involved in the Juventus Stadium. Juventus is my team. <laughs> so I don't remember if I did it for passion or I did it for business, but anyway, the Juventus Stadium, the exterior was guided by me together with other architects, of course. And it was a big, a big satisfaction. Again, the budget was very low and we had to do a, a good thing with a very low budget. Then industrial design recently, for me, it's nice to have done a watch for Sony. So it's not a, a watch, a luxury watch, whatever, but the Sony with a very particular system that when you are driving, you can turn the, the watch and see the time in the correct way. I did already a long time ago, 
but this trick allowed you to also when you are driving you have the hands in a position normally you don't read very well the, the number you can turn it is turning the, the top of the watch on the, on the belt and then even the graphic is beautiful but the, the the system is interesting they 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 understood the innovation to turn it in different way and if you had right hand or left hand you always correct you were it correctly and then and then tractors and funny i'm designing tractor for summit and those <laughs> i had the most important award in design i had it because a tractor no agricultural machine and not for anything else is the only one that won this compasso d'oro in Milano, and I'm very proud to have done in an object which is not normal to be also beautiful. So the people that are in the camp and use it are also proud if they, the tractor is beautiful. <laughs> and it is beautiful. Honestly, it's beautiful. Everyone has to have a tractor in their life. <laughs> we love the tractors. And has the pandemic really affected things? Hey, yes, it was, uh, was uh, painful for the reason, first of all, of the tragedy we had. Also, in our family, we had problems, serious problems. Oh, no, I'm sorry. So the pandemic in the business, uh, in car business, because most of my business in car business is Asia. Can you imagine in 2020, our business was reduced by nearly 80%. In architecture, no, no problem at all. In industrial design still, the point is we learn, and this is anyway good, to work with my designer also by remote. In this moment, is a big advantage, especially with my customer in China, that I'm still working with three different important contracts, and I didn't meet them uh, since now. Yeah, I was going in Asia every month, every month, traveling like crazy. Now, also for a question of respect. Now. The situation allowed to work. The creativity very well from my designer standing at home. And some of my designers had to move to Torino from the south or from other places. And they are now at home. And the, the results are incredible, are really incredible. They are in the family, they are in the place they love and no need to move to Torino. The, the pandemic changed many things. At the end, if you forget the tragedy in in, in positive way. Yes, absolutely. And is there any future projects that you can tell us about? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, normally our customers, they keep this secret. We have so many customers that traditionally don't want to declare. But one, which is Bizzarrini, <laughs> they are making this big operation with new shareholder, very powerful. And they, they officially said that the new Bizzarrini uh, the new generation, I don't know if all, but will be anyway made in collaboration with us. And this uh, is for us a particular point of proud because my father did the beautiful Bizzarini in uh, 63. And I think uh, soon you will see a beautiful Bizzarini after. <laughs> still, still, in this case, still with my father's hands. In this case, I will just help him. If, in case he needs, I will assist. Yeah, I will assist, but for sure will be. And this is it. And then, then we'll see soon. We'll see other other things. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Oh, it's going to be so exciting and just so lovely. Whenever I get to do anything with my father, it's just, oh, it just is so fantastic and just brings so much kind of happiness that that you can do things with your dad. It's just lovely. 
Eh, sometimes it's not really pleasure, eh? we have some fight, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the end, the customer got a big advantage because after the fight, this customer has got the best result. Fabrizio, I heard you were at Goodwood. Yes, yes, I was invited by the, our friend Lolo March, and uh, I was there uh, for two reasons. One, for the Macaluso Foundation that... Uh, as this incredible racing car collection all by Martini is sponsorized. And they asked me, because I was there, because I'm a friend of them, to drive the Lancia Delta that was designed by my father. So it was a funny disconnection. Uh, and then my show car called Kangaroo, that is an electric, uh, I call it Hyper SUV, that uh, was perfect, the weather, the English weather, because I was running like crazy <laughs> exactly in the moment that there was the worst or the best rain. I, I, I know which day you were doing. So, I know so, which so. day you were there. Exactly. <laughs> it was there since it, Friday, but Saturday was a hell. It was fun. Yeah, Saturday was bad. And then it got better on Sunday. I, I saw somebody break uh, and broken a, a Jaguar, if I'm not wrong. There was quite a few. Yeah, there was quite a few that came off. No, no. My, my, my shocker could ride quickly, fast, uh, under, the, under storm without any problem. Uh, and I was so happy about that. I had a lot of fun. I went up on the Thursday, so it was still it was still a little bit wet. Uh, and I was very lucky enough to go up in the, the Bugatti Chiron per sport, the fastest ever production car, 300 miles an hour. So um, I'm still grinning to think about it. But it was just so lovely to see everyone again, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. You know, at the end, only Italian were there because the German were not there. The French were not yes. there. Normally, only English, which is, of course, good. But the other foreigner in a big team, let me say, were only us with Macaluso and myself. I could draw the car with you, the, the kangaroo, not the, not the racing car. You could have a very <laughs> funny experience on that car, in the quietness under the, the rain. Oh, well, I hope next, next year. Let's organize yes, next year. Definitely, definitely, definitely count me in. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I just loved it because it was just, you know, we've just spent two years now talking to people through computers and, you know, doing podcasts and things like that. And it was just so lovely to actually see people and just, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful couple of days. And well organized because the situation was crazy and honestly, they did a great, a great organization. Yes, Lord March is just phenomenal. And Lord March drove one of the car of Macaluso. We have a picture all together. He was driving one of the car of this team that he invited with me, etc. Because it was really unique, really unique. Oh, gosh, how special. Um, so, right, now, Fabrizio, in this podcast series, we're running a little special theme called One Piece at a Time. Okay, so we're asking our guests to select one prized possession to bring to the podcast. It could be anything. It could be part of a car, a photograph, an artefact, but certainly a piece that has a special memory and meaning to you. So what is that one piece for you? At the end, as Italian, I break the rules and have two pieces. One is the ah. mask. That... <laughs> One is the picture of me driving the NASCAR the first time and spinning because I was not good. After that, I went to learn with Dindo Capello. Dindo Capello teach me. That was a Le Mans winning. And then recently, I've been, I am the first running the Milanilla on electric car or supercar. 
And what? because yes, seriously, it's funny. In October, then I did it again. This October was very reduced. Uh, Mille Miglia. I was the first ever made all the Mille Miglia with an electric car. And uh, then I reply again, uh, again now, and together with this lady for for the for this uh, charity. There is a picture where I'm to prove that the car I, I design and produce are strong. So I am on the top of the roof with this beautiful lady that had a of operation in charity <laughs> for the cancer on the breast, for the ladies. So we had to do this. We had, we did this picture with fun just to promote this foundation to, to have uh, is a crown foundation for the cancer of the breast for the lady. So I particularly, <laughs> I don't know. I'm very, very, I'm very stupid on that, but it was to attract, and I hope this uh, picture worker to have uh, some. Absolutely, fun. no, it's amazing, really amazing. Oh, and we love the Mila Milia. I do, I've done it five times. Well, good. And good. yes, you it's know my... what it does it mean? Yes, it means. I do. It, it's it's extraordinary, and I feel very blessed and lucky that I've been allowed to race in it. It's just incredible. on electric vehicle is a different experience because the goal is to arrive at the plug. That's different for to arrive. At I arrived to the plug. It was like a hell, but we arrived. We did it two times. So, so two times in six months, a concept car, a concept car electric that did two times nearly 4,000 kilometers because at the end I was doing more looking for the plug. <laughs> oh, well, well done. I can't wait to show everyone these two pictures because they are fantastic and mean so much. But Oh, my goodness, Fabrizio, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for, for sharing some stories and, you know, joining us on the podcast. It really is just fantastic. And I can't wait to see what what next year brings and the year after um, and, you know, following all your projects. Um, it's it's It really is wonderful to talk to you. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Jody. Apologize for my English. <laughs> but... I hope you understood something. Much better than my Italian, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I have an Italian racing license, though. Oh, I'm very proud of that. <laughs> I lived for a short time in Modena, so I got my racing license up there. Um, but thank you, Fabrizio. And uh, and I, I can't wait to just keep up with all your exciting projects and just sending lots of love and thanks. Thank you to you and all the job uh, team. Hope to talk to you soon, maybe in person. <laughs> I would love that. I look forward to it. But okay. thank you so much, my lovely. Ciao. Arrivederci. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Save up to 33% on Chubb Multicar Insurance. Go to chubb.com forward slash the interviews for more information. Gosh, that was absolutely fascinating and such an incredible family. And I just love the fact that he works with his dad. They've designed some of the most incredible cars over the years, just extraordinary. So Fabrizio has shared his special one piece at a time, or I think he's done two, but we would love it if you, the listener, could share your own special piece. So please post your pictures on Instagram or Facebook or send us an email. On Facebook or Instagram, just search for Chubb. That's C-H-U-B-B. Collect a car or for email, classiccars at chubb.com or browse chubb.com forward slash the interviews. So thank you so much for joining me today for the latest episode of the Chubb interview series brought to you by Chubb who share 
our passion for classic cars. There'll be another episode very, very soon. And to receive every episode as it's released, please subscribe on your favourite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please review and spread the word. And don't forget to email us your stories about your most loved classics. I'm Jodie Kidd. Until next time, bye. The Chubb Interviews with Jodie Kidd. Brought to you by Chubb Insurance. Expert insurers of your most valued possessions. Established since 1882.